With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's another Waiting for an Extra podcast on this fine Sunday afternoon ahead of the Cleveland Browns playoff game tonight. Um, Today, I'm joined by 11 Warriors' Callan Hassel. We are going to preview the national championship game Monday night between Ohio State and Alabama. And we are live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and we are brought to you by Evergreen Podcast. But yeah, Callan, welcome. I'm actually catching Callan a few hours before he heads off to Miami to, to cover the game. So glad to have you join us. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on any anytime. So first, I know Ohio State, Bama, we know what happened in 2014. Um, we also know what happened last weekend when Ohio State dominated Clemson, which basically no one saw coming. I there might have been a few people, but no one really saw that coming. Justin Fields dominated. The defense looked decent. Trey Sermon, he's reached a whole new level. That, let's talk Justin Fields and Trey Sermon because I feel like if they play like they did against Clemson, it doesn't really matter how Ohio State's defense performs against Bama's offense. Their Ohio State's going to win. Yeah, I think a lot of the a lot of the concern about Alabama, maybe before the Sugar Bowl, if you were to look ahead from Ohio State perspective, would be to say, you know, how in the world is Ohio State going to stop, you know, what what Alabama has offensively because it's just a complete juggernaut. Um, which it, you know, that hasn't changed. That's still the case. But I think people were maybe wondering if Ohio State's offense could really keep keep uh you know keep up with Alabama um and I especially coming off that Northwestern game where you know Trey Sermon looked awesome but Justin Fields really didn't and then he came out of there with a you know it seemed like a, a thumb injury and you just you just didn't really know exactly what kind of Justin Fields you're going to get and I think that the thing about the the Justin Fields and Trey Sermon performances against Clemson and if you want to talk about Trey Sermon I think you probably also have to mention the offensive line as well it just feels like to me that even if this – you're right. Even if this defense, you know, gives up some big plays to Alabama, there's still a part of you that absolutely should feel like Ohio State can win just a, a shootout. It can win a game that goes into the high 40s or something like that. I, 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 I you know, I, I feel like this Ohio State offense is peaking at the, the perfect time for what the Buckeyes want um, late in the season. I mean, you have an offensive line that – in the offseason, I thought it would be the best offensive line in the country. And then early on, it just didn't seem to click. You know, Trey Sermon was someone who people were pretty high on. And, you know, early on, he just seemed pretty average. And all of a sudden, you have Justin Fields with maybe, I mean, I, I would call it his best performance ever against Clemson. You have Trey Sermon clicking. You have the offensive line, you know, completely rolling. Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson both right there. Like, there's a lot to like about what this offense has has going for it. I feel like when the offensive line dominates like they have been, it makes them – well, obviously, Trey Sermon's been on a whole new level. Um, I don't know – like, Ohio State's dominant win against Clemson. I don't think anyone saw this coming, especially after the first few games of the season. But when the offensive line is dominating like they have been and they give Justin Fields time to find Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and the other receivers plus tight ends, and then you have Trey Sermon doing what he's doing, I mean, it's tough to stop an offense – that has so many weapons on all areas of the field. 
Yeah, yeah. If if you're, I, you know, I think if you were to look at what Alabama has in terms of like national awards, national honors, like you have the Devonta Smiths, you have, you know, Jalen Waddle if he comes back was an All American, you know, the year before. Um, you had, in, you know, those are two potential first round picks at wide receiver. You have Najee Harris, who, who everybody knows about, everybody knew coming into the season. Then you have Mac Jones, who is, you know, I think he's probably overperformed what what most people really expected of him, and and the offensive line, you know, has been the best in the country throughout the throughout the season. You know, they they of course lost their lost their center, who is a, who is a big piece of what they did. But I do think if you were to just stack up what Ohio State's quarterback, running back, you know, wide receivers, offensive line, and tight ends are doing right now. Like I think that there are some people nationally who who give Alabama the edge because of what they've done throughout the season. But if you just look at recently, you know that's where I have my confidence in Ohio State. Is I I I, I really feel like you know Trey Trey Sermon. I I doubted him early on. I doubted him after the Michigan State game. You know even after the three hundred yard game, it was like, can we see this like more than once? And I really believe that what he's doing is is legit. And I think that because of the time that this offensive line has had together, I I, I fully expect that this will continue to be a to, to continue to perform really well. And like my confidence in the offense is why you know I have made the I, I've picked Ohio State to win the game. Um, and it, it it really does come down to the fact that if Justin Fields is is playing at the level he does and he has the weapons around him like Ohio State does right now. I understand what Alabama has, um, but I, I, I'm just going to roll with the Buckeyes in this one. I feel, well, obviously, Devontae Smith won the Heisman, so he's mm-hmm. the most talked about guy. Um, yeah. But they had three guys in the Heisman conversation. They had Mac Jones, Damian Harrison, Devontae Smith. But I would put up Justin Fields, Trey Sermon, and the Chris Olave garrett wilson pair against anyone in the country, including the Crimson Tide. I mean, you can't really – do any better than that group of four. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's completely fair. Um, I mean, I, I don't think that there's a doubt if you thought, if you talked nationally about the Justin Fields, Mac Jones argument, that's a clear um, advantage to Ohio state, but the other guys, like I can't even, I honestly can't believe we're having this conversation about Trey Sermon. Like I wrote him off after four games. I, you know, I would. I thought Master Teague should get the vast majority of the carries. I just didn't see anything changing because the one thing to me that he just didn't do is like he just never felt decisive and he never broke tackles. Like he never did through four games. And it's like how many times can we see this before just deciding in a weird season where you're not going to play every game? I mean, shoot, they had six weeks in the regular season, six games in the regular season. Like can you really just like continue to pound it with him and then just hope something works? I guess I was wrong on that one because I like legitimately he's one of the best backs in college football right now. I, I still can't even believe it. I mean, he's so decisive. He he has made so many guys miss the second and third level. I mean, there were several plays that if that if, if Trey Sermon just didn't if he didn't get the extra three or four yards against Clemson on a few different plays, I do think that there were moments where that game could have swung a little bit and it could have been a little bit more hairy. But you know, he he's playing at an unbelievable level. And you're right, the offense just changed when Chris Olave was back. It just did. You saw that from Northwestern to, to Clemson. Um, and, and Garrett Wilson, uh, I feel like it's been a few games since we've seen him do something spectacular. So I guess maybe he's due. I feel like we could talk about Trey Sermon's resurgence for hours, but it is crazy that he struggled as much as he did early in the season. And then against Northwestern, Ohio State fans were hoping that Trey Sermon would get the ball and Justin Fields would stop passing the ball. 
And then you saw what happened against Clemson when both of them were just unstoppable, basically. It's it's crazy how much Trey Sermon's dominance has changed this offense. I mean, I guess it's cliche when you're running back dominance like he has, but it opens up so much more, especially with the dominant offensive line. Yeah, I don't even like you called it a resurgence. It wasn't even really a resurgence. This is True. just like a new dude. Like, this is yeah. this is new. This is nothing that we've really seen before from um from him. So enough about Ohio State's offense. I think this game everyone's expecting it to be a shootout. I think like first team to forty will probably win. So Ohio State's defense, we know what we have kind of in the defensive line. They've been they've been Decent to very good, depending on the game. But Ohio State's cornerbacks are going to have to step up big time, especially if Jalen Waddell plays even 50%. They have a tall task in trying to stop Devontae Smith. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's an understatement. And that's one of the reasons why, like, I think there's an interesting debate that you can have about what's more important for Ohio State to – the, the, their defense or their offense. And personally, I, I, I just lean toward I think it's their offense because I there are parts of me that just think – like they're – they're going to give up a lot of points. Like I don't like if you're expecting them to hold to hold Alabama to to what they did against Clemson, 28 points. Like I I don't see that happening. Um, but you know they they will have to at some points. Like you you have to force a couple points. You have to you have to turn you have to turn Alabama over. And like there are basic things, but like there there are also things that you know we have not seen this defense do consistently. I think that on the defensive line. Um, like it will be important for these guys to get some sort of a rush because this is, I, I think that, I think that's one of the areas that to me, that's an advantage for Alabama. Like I, as, as, as great as I think that Ohio state's defensive line has been, like, I do think what Alabama has on its, on its uh, offensive front. Like, I think that that, I think that those, that it is going, that Nick Saban and, and Steve Sarkeesian are all going to trust that their offensive line is going to handle what Ohio State has up front. And that's where, you know, if Ohio State wants to, wants to make things a little bit, a little bit dicey for them, I think that they have to figure out to get, how to get some sort of pressure on Mac Jones up front. I think that that's going to be as important as anything else. Um, and those guys also, like, I think that one of the most fascinating matchups are those guys and the linebackers against Najee Harris and, and that offensive line? Because I really think that Ohio State might have, you know, through seven games so far, has had arguably the best run defense in the country. Um, and I think that if you if you were to ask me before the season, I thought that maybe that would be a little bit. Um, I, I don't know if I would call it a weakness, but that would have been one of my main questions: is how good this run defense would be, just because of what they were placing on the defensive line. But that 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 has been a major positive, and I think that you know it's cliche to say that the games are, are won up front at the line of scrimmage, uh, but as much as anything, like yes, there's there there are problems in the secondary, but if Ohio State can can force Alabama to to pass it maybe a little bit more than it wants to, and force Mac Jones to get a little bit uncomfortable at times. That's where that's where that's where the game could change, and that's where you can get a three and out. You know, you can you can force a turnover and 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 get the get the get the ball back to your offense at a key point. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, yeah, and you said it's cliche that the game's won in the trenches, but for a game like this, when both of the offenses are as good as they are, and it's going to come down to like one or two stops, the offensive line and defensive line is even more important than even it is against, especially with Trey Sermon and Damian Harris in the backfields. But with that said, I feel like 
Ohio State has to do their best to keep Bama's offense to be one-dimensional, and you can't really stop Devontae Smith. I mean, let's be honest. So I feel like if you want to have a little bit of a success on the defensive side of the ball for the Buckeyes, you have to keep Damian Harris in check. Am I correct? Well, I think that I think that the thing that, that is important for Ohio State is they can't just get blown up by big play after big play, but also maybe more so you just can't have them go eight yards, 11 yards, six yards, 11 yards. You can't have those big, long, extending drives that make your defense tired. Um, and, you know, and, and, and the longer those go, the the more susceptible you are to those kind of big plays. So that's where I think that as long as, you know, if they are able to, to you know, control the line of scrimmage against a line that literally won the Joe Moore Award, which is goes to the best offensive line in the country, like that's where the game changes, and it's a it's a giant task. But I mean, if you were to look at you know some of these guys, like I think I think Haskell Garrett, you know, he deserved some of the All American nominations that he got. You know, I think that Jonathan Cooper got even a second team All American nod by by some outlet, which you know was a little bit surprising even to me. But I do think that's indicative of, of how he's played because he's been impactful, um, maybe in a lesser role um, than than some nationally have, have really seen. And. Uh- Talk about the defense line. The Ohio State's linebackers have really stepped up. I mean, even if it's Pete Warner or if Tough Borland or Baron Browning and even Justin Justin Hilliard has had quite a big last few games, even without starting. And he was thrown into I mean, he's a sixth year senior, so I can't really say he was thrown into the fire, but he wasn't expected to be that huge of a contributor. But due to COVID and injuries and stuff, he's been thrown into the fire and he's probably been one of the best defensive players for Ohio State. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they mix that thing up with at Sam Linebacker with, you know, he and Baron Browning, um, because I fully would have expected before the season, I just wasn't really sure where, you know, I, I thought, I wasn't really sure where Justin Hilliard would fit into the mix just because of what I thought they would you do with Baron Browning. But he, to me, I think you make an argument that the last two games, he's been the best defensive player on Ohio State which is sort of crazy to go through a late sixth year breakout, but shoot, that's a reality right now. Um, you know, Pete Warner is someone who just people don't talk a ton about, um, but he just does his job and he's super versatile and, you know, to, you know, corral Najee Harris and, and some of the other um, guys that he'll have to cover um, underneath. I think that, you know, he's obviously going to have a big game and, and he's going to have to have a big game. And then like, if we're working our way to the back, like, yeah, the second the secondary's had had issues all season. Um, I think that the one thing I would say is like against Clemson, the the something I did buy into a little is I didn't really know that Clemson would have the kind of guys to attack them down the field in, in ways that maybe we saw Indiana do. I think Alabama absolutely has that potential. And I think that that's the worrisome part about this is how many big plays, how many explosive plays, how many chunk plays can these wide receivers and Mac Jones complete against against Ohio State, which, uh, you know, that's where, you know, if, if Sean Wade wants to be the, the first round corner, he, 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 he believes he is, this is it. Like, I think that, I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of confidence from his father and bravado from his father on Twitter. Um, but for the large part of this season, like he hasn't really played up to expectation and there's no better way to redeem yourself than in the national championship against Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, and then I would say, you know, Seven Banks and, and Marcus Williamson, like this is going to be their biggest te- t- test ever. Um, and Josh Proctor at deep safety, this will be his third game 
ever as a starter at deep safety going against Alabama. Like he's someone who came in a few years ago as a, you know, a top 75 recruit. Um, and, and th- this is the kind of moment that he's been waiting for. And I, I think he's super athletic, sometimes maybe a little bit too aggressive. Uh, we'll see how Alabama uses that, if they're able to use that against him. But I do think, you know, if you're looking for someone to, to swing a game on a big interception, a big hit, cause a fumble, like, you know, he's the kind of guy who can make that happen. Yeah, I mean, he's been known for big hits. Um, and also, he should have a few interceptions over the last few games, but his hands are iffy. But that said, I think Ohio State's cornerbacks, I mean, they've been probably the biggest question mark in Ohio State's defense all season. But they have a chance to make a name for themselves, as you said, against Alabama, against probably the best passing attack that they'll see this year, but potentially in their careers. Yeah, and I also like I will, you know, I think it's fair to note like because of the way the season has been set up, because of the lack of games, like we've seen them seven games. Like, how many games have the cornerbacks and defensive backs really been like bad? Like Indiana, obviously, but like outside of that, they just haven't faced many great passing attacks. And I didn't think that they were like I think Sean Wade had his pretty bad moments in the Sugar Bowl. I thought Marcus Williamson and seven banks were pretty solid. So I think that, yes, it's a concern because we've seen what can go wrong when they face a, a really good quarterback and really good wide receivers. Um, but like, I do think that there's a chance that like, shoot, maybe we're just overblowing this because of one game in a seven game sample size. For sure. Yeah. I mean, with a seven game sample size, it's tough to have any final conclusions given just given the small sample size that said i know you're in a hurry um the perfect blueprint for ohio state to win the national championship monday night besides winning the trenches on both sides of the ball well i think like justin fields has to play the game of his life for the second week in a row like if you're gonna win it's because of justin fields like i don't if if justin fields is a bad game you're not gonna win so like that's a pretty prerequisite you're not winning unless he's great um i think trey sermon has to continue to play really well doesn't have i don't think there are any benchmarks he has to hit but when i say that it means like breaking some tackles looking like you know exactly where the holes are and and and, you know and then on the other side of the ball i would say like some way or another you're gonna have to force a turnover at a a key moment one of these defensive backs i think is going to have to come up with with some sort of a, a big play at a big time and you know that that to me is the the path to victory, and and obviously the line of scrimmage on both sides. I think is going to be the other key. Yeah, I, the line of scrimmage. I know we both said it's cliche, but it's so important against a team like Alabama to win the line of scrimmage on defense and offense. And if you can control that area, it changes things so much. Both but, teams. Yeah. Have, I mean, I'll say on that just one point. Like both teams yeah, no, have to be able to. Um, to me, I think that both teams want to and. Know, maybe have to be able to work the ball up the field with those longer, more extended drives that can allow them to then both get defenses tired and and you know set up set up play action, set up different types of plays. You know, Ryan Day and Steve Sarkeesian are, are smart offensive minds, and you know the, to, they 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 would be putting some sort of a bind if either Trey Sermon and Najee Harris aren't able to to really get going on the ground. And to me, that's 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 why that offensive line defensive line battle is going to be so key in this one. Yeah, absolutely. I know you said you have Ohio State winning. Um, final score prediction. Yeah, I, I went a little bold on this one because I feel like oh. I've gone I've gone chalk. 
I've gone chalk the entire season. Like I've just, I, I don't know. I haven't been very good at picking games. So I'll, I'm going to go Ohio state 49, Alabama 38. I like it. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's, if you don't score six touchdowns in this game, I think you're going to lose sometimes even against offenses like Ohio state and Bama have a field goal is just not good enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Just like the Browns game tonight. I think it's going to be a shootout. Best offense prevails, but yeah, Colin, any, any final words? No, I, I, uh, I'm looking forward to getting down there later today on Sunday night. And, uh, should be a fun one. That's the one thing I have no doubt on. I, I know it's going to be a great game. Absolutely. All right, Tom. Thanks for joining us. Safe travels to South Beach. And, yeah, have a good time. Hopefully you come back with a win. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo. And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.